Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All us geeks, fresh your bet. We round the world, we round the net. So get ready and get set. Cause we make it look easy, no sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys gonna get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look. And don't forget to sign our Facebook. Cause what they doing is board games, video games. Yeah, they on it. They fly like a comet. Interviews is up. This podcast is pure. Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure. Geek out any topic. No one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it. So if you wanna go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com. Welcome to episode 76 of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. And I'm Jordan Steinhoff. And we're here to give voice to your inner geek. Your inner geek is almost five years old. (laughs) In more ways than one. (laughs) More ways than one. (laughs) And of course, we are live on Mixler right now. We try to do that every other Tuesday. When I remember, I also try to put out a Twitter reminder. I think I hit all three of our social media for the reminder. Yeah, it's, I saw it on Facebook. Yeah, it's the when we're actually live tweet that only that go only goes out to Twitter uh, because of how they have this set up or whatever. Can do Facebook, but I always wonder if I do the Facebook one is I don't remember if it lets me like select a page or if it's going to go to my Facebook. <laughs> so I always just do the Twitter <laughs> on Mixler. Just a reminder that we have a Patreon account over on Patreon. So uh, if you would like to support the show, that's a great place to do that. And of course, you'll hear some of the people that are are supporting us at the moment cuz you know, we're we're a little under. We're not funded. We're not full the show is not fully funded at the moment. But that's okay. We're not too far too far back. Getting there. Getting, we're getting there. there. So we're everybody's getting back in the swing of things. If you left us, we understand, but if you want to come back, we understand that too. Oh, also, you know, you can select whether or not, you know, we share your name on the podcast or if you just want us to be your down low. We understand that as well. You may not want to be associated with listening to all the skis. <laughs> Maybe there's another review podcast that you listen to and you don't want them to find out that you're helping us too. We, got, we understand. We understand those things. Those things happen. We get it. You don't want to go home smelling like another podcast. Yeah. Listen and then shower. <laughs> We do. We record then shower. <laughs> In not, a fetal not together. Position. Not together. No. But you know, our anniversary is coming up. You never know. <laughs> Would be the green thing to do. You know, save a bit of water. <laughs> All righty then. So let's. Are you ready to just move on to game review? Yeah, I think we <laughs> we killed it. Literally <clears throat> killed general. Game Review, sponsored by Matt Warden. Thank you very much, Matt, for sponsoring us over on Patreon uh, so that we can, you know, take a look at a game and and decide if it's uh, worthy. And then, you know, you guys can go form your own opinions because really we're just two opinions. That's right. We don't, I don't know, we don't have that ego. So tonight we're going to be looking at Role Player uh, from Thunderworks Games. Role Player is a game that tries to prove the point that you can make a game about just about anything if you really put your mind to it. Because in Role Player, you are playing a game about rolling up your character for a role playing session. Uh, pretty much sums it up. What do you think? Fantasy role playing. Fantasy role playing. Yeah. You're trying to be the player at the table that has the best character rolled up <laughs> or created. You do this with a lot of dice. <laughs> and it, and uh, let's see. So overall components, what you get some decent cardboard for your character sheet, basically. And it's got punch outs for your dice to lay in. So you'll have three dice per attribute. They're your standard attributes, strength, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, charisma. Did I miss one? Huh? Dex. Dex, yeah. 
I did mix one. So, you know, there it's your pretty pretty standard what you're used to and then you'll you'll put three dice to each. There's six-sided dice of varying colors and color comes into play a little bit during the game. So, you've got a lot of dice, a bag to put all the dice in. You've got the cardboard for the character sheets, you've got some cardboard tokens. Uh, that you get off of the charisma action ability. You can kind of spend as gold. You get a bunch of cards. So you have your marketplace cards, your initiative cards. You've got your, and your marketplace contains your, your weapons, armor, skills, and traits. And then you've got some cards that help make up the rest of your character as well. So you got like your class card, your alignment card, and your, what else is the backstory? Backstory, backstory. backstory card. All of these things help to kind of make up your character, but they're also giving you direction on what you're shooting for to get points in the game. A, a healthy amount of cards, good, good, you know, cardboard. Uh, again, the cardboard is your character sheet, which starts off with that's where you get your race, and you'll you'll get some you know negative and and positive modifiers potentially for different attributes depending on your race, kind of like you again you're used to any fantasy style role playing game. So those are just the overall components that you kind of get. As far as playing the game or setting up the game, that's pretty easy. You kind of, I well, I'll save that part for later. For quick setup, you basically everybody rolls a die to determine who goes first. Then the first player gets to pick their their character sheet first, so their race first. And then everybody takes five gold. And then depending on the number of players, some of the last players in turn order might get extra gold depending on how many players you have. So then, you know, you use your, your die to, to determine who goes first. All those go back in the bag. And then everybody draws, starting with the first player, draws a die out to determine their class. So if you draw a blue, blue die out, for example, it was the sorcerer and wizard and so on and so forth, then everybody has to draw a different die. So if somebody else drew a blue die, they have to keep drawing until they draw one that nobody else has. And then the classes are double-sided, so you actually do get a choice. Like I said, it was Sorcerer Wizard, so you had a choice if you had the blue on which side you wanted to do. And those kind of showed you like what range you're looking for for your attributes. You know, it might say something like, this needs to be an 18, and you get these num- this- these many points. This is a 14+. plus. If you get 14 plus in those three dice, you get this many points. It might be a range between, say, 15 and 16. So you have to hit that range in order to get those points. So every attribute on your class card is going to have something associated with it to how you get points for that row. And then, let's see. So everybody's got their class card. And then everybody gets like a player aid card, which kind of shows the steps to play the game. And then on the backside is your score tracker because all scoring is done at the end of the game. And then everybody gets a backstory card. Those are randomly dealt out. The way we did it is there we played a three-player game the other night, so we had everybody got two and got to pick one. Same thing with the alignment cards. We had enough that we gave everybody two to pick one. But again, those are backstory is going to give you is the backstory the Backstory, yeah, backstory is, is where, you, where, where the what colors, colors have be. to be in, right? So it'll give you a little grid. It'll show all of your uh, where all of the dice slots, and in certain ones it might have the color. And and so basically, it's telling you if you can align that color die in the, in those slots, the more you can do that, the more points you'll get at the end. And then alignment is there's some positive and negative and neutral. You you start in a neutral spot, but if you can adjust on your alignment tracker into either the positive or negative, that'll affect your end score. Either Again, you'll either get more points or you'll lose some points, or if you stay in the negative, you won't gain it, or if you stay in the neutral, you won't gain any points. But you get an alignment tracker, and different things are going to adjust that as you go along. Then you have your tokens for your player class, and basically those one of those is going to go on your alignment card to track where you are there on that card, and the other one you're going to wait until the end of the game for final scoring. And then there's the market deck, one dot and two dot cards. You put all the one dot cards on top of the two dot cards. You'll shuffle each 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 uh, mini deck separately and then put the one dots on top of the two dots. But you're going to take out some cards from each, depending on the number of players you have, and then shuffle and, and stack them. And that's uh, you know, just to kind of see, I guess, early on you'll get some lower stuff 
And then as you go on, you, you'll get into the two dot cards and, and maybe some slightly more powerful stuff or whatever. Certainly uh, more expensive. Certainly more expensive. And that's part of it too. Yes. Yeah. So you get some, some gold on you and then you'll have, and then you, you draw out market cards. Once you've made the deck, you draw out number of players plus one. You'll put out the initiative cards, which is number of players plus one. And any that aren't the first or the last get a gold on it. So again, let's say a three-player game, there's going to be four initiative cards. Initiative card two and initiative card three are going to have gold on it. And that's going to be the same all through the entire game. Even if nobody takes one of those, it's not one of those games where you accumulate gold until it's enticing to somebody. It's just always going to have a gold on it. And then, so that was uh, Marketplace and Initiative. And then starting dice, depending on the number of players, you're going to draw a certain number of dice out of the bag, starting with the first player. And you're going to go ahead and start with those. For the most part, those do not trigger off actions. Well, actually, they, they don't trigger off actions that, that are associated with the attribute. What you might get is if you pull a yellow die, which is a gold die, you'll get some gold. If you fill an entire area, you'll get a gold. But all of the different actions associated with each attribute, you won't kick off during setup. And then go ahead and and the first player will roll the the starting dice, which is, again, in a three-player game, that's going to be pull four dice out of the bag, roll them, and then put them in order from lowest to highest from initiative one to initiative four, again, in a three-player game. And then you basically start playing from there. Now, typically, so everything's set up, but a, a normal turn order is to roll the dice. So, again, pull the four out of the bag in a three-player game, roll them, put them in order. And then starting with the first player, they get to decide which die they take uh, along with the initiative card. So basically, if you've got on, you know, if if you roll a six, a six is going to go into initiative four. So you can get a high die, but you're going to go last in the market, which is going to be the next phase. So choosing dice is in turn order, but in the market phase next, it's in initiative order. So you got to kind of balance not only the, the die you're trying to get, but if there's something that you really want on the market and when do you want to go? Do you want to risk it being there still if you take the four, you know, the initiative four for that six die? Or do you want to take something lower so that you'll be, you know, sooner in the in the market phase? And then when you take the die, you place it immediately and you'll take the action for that attribute. I'm not going to go through all of them, I think, right now, but basically I believe like strength was flipped to the opposite side, right? Yep. So if you put that die in your strength slot, you can take any die that you already have down, including that one. At least that's the way I played it. I, you know, you can flip it to its opposite side. So like if you have a one somewhere, you can flip that to the six. And again, this is there are, are a bunch of different actions uh, associated with each one. Most of them are dice manipulation, except for the charisma is the one that gives you extra gold and the wisdom. No, wisdom is still dice manipulation. Oh, no, that's initiative. That, yeah, uh, yeah. Alignment, I should say. Right. Yeah. Wisdom was a, alignment, alignment movement. Yeah. yeah. So almost everything else was dice manipulation except for those two. Mm-hmm. So, again, uh, you know, you, you're taking in these dice. You're not necessarily stuck with the numbers on them, but you have a limited number of things you can do. Also, depending on how you placed your dice in setup, you're going to have limited times you can use certain actions. Should also say when you're placing your dice at any time, but in setup as well, you always have to fill to the leftmost side. Left to right, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's always you're always filling in from left to right. You you can't leave gaps. So and, and where that comes in is um, the backstory card. Like we said, if if it says you have to have a green in your second slot. You can't, oh, I got a green and put it in your second slot without the first slot already being filled. So you can put dice in any in any attribute you want, but it always has to go to the, the leftmost side that it can in that attribute. So yeah, you, you do your, you place your dice, you take your action right away. Action is optional. You don't have to take it. And then you go to the marketing phase once everybody's selected their die and their initiative card. So in the market phase, like I said, you've got those four cards out in a three-player game. Whoever has the either you know the the lowest initiative number. So if somebody took the one, they get to go first in the marketing. They got the lowest die, 
but they get to go first in uh, marketing. So they basically get to decide between the four cards that are out, and these don't auto-refill like some games. Got the four cards. The player with the initiative of one decides if they're buying one. If they are, they pay they pay the cost and they go ahead and put it in their area. Couple limit. The only major limitation is that weapons you can only have two hands worth of weapons. You can have as much armor as you want. You can have as many skills as you want. You can have as many traits as you want. Traits have an alignment adjustment when you buy them. That if you can do it, you have to do it. So it's it's gold plus a trait or an alignment movement. Everything else is pretty much just the gold that it costs. Mm-hmm. If you decide you're not going to buy something, you still have to discard a card. So you discard a card from the market, and then you gain two gold. So those are your, basically your options in in the market phase. Buy a card or discard a card to gain two gold. And then cleanup is basically uh, get rid of any charisma tokens. Re- you can refresh one skill card. So you can use as many skills as you have as you want as long as you can pay the cost to use it, which is usually an, an alignment movement. So if if you can't do the alignment movement, you can't use the skill. The The trait on the buy is if you can, you have to, but you don't. it's not a requirement to buy. Skill, it's always a requirement to use. But you can use as many skills as you want. But the thing to remember is at the end of the turn, you only ever get to refresh one at a time. So if you use a bunch... You really have to kind of figure out what you really need this next round because you only get to refresh the one. Any dice that weren't bought, again, they don't stay out. They don't accumulate on the initiative card that wasn't taken. They all go back in the dice bag. All the initiative cards go back where they belong. You reset the market. No cards stay out in the market either. Everything gets discarded and a new set comes in. And basically all the dice go back into the into the bag and the player order changes. So the next next player becomes first player and then you continue on from there. The game ends when all players have all of their character sheet filled in with dice. And then you go to end scoring, which again is going to vary. You know, there's different things that give you some some of your traits are going to give you points, your backstory, you, the where you've put stuff on your character sheet for your class. And where you are in your alignment, all of these kind of things kind of start to come together and you get your final score to figure out who built the best character. Anything you want to add to that, sir? Nope. I think that covers it. <laughs> all right. So I've talked for a little while. What did you think of the components I listed off? I like the components. The The play mats are pretty good. Nice thick cardboard. The dice nest in there quite well. You know, like we mentioned, all the stat dice holes are punched out. So there's no worries of tapping your card a little bit and having all your dice suddenly out of order. They weren't a tight fit either. No. That was nice too. They sit in there very nicely. The cardboard for the cards, uh, the alignment... The uh, market, the anything else, your backstories, the class, your all that stuff. It's all nice. It's not too thick. It's not too thin. It's definitely serviceable. There's nothing that's gonna, I think, uh, warp, bend, or fray right right out of the box. <laughs> Seems solid. Yeah, I I enjoy. I thought they did a good job with the components. I happen to have noticed, like I think one or two of my my dice were chipped. So that kind of sucked, but whatever. It, it didn't, you know. It it didn't matter that much in this game, unless they chip to a point where you can actually like feel it in the in the bag, and you're like, "Oh, I know what that one is. That's the one I want to draw." This is the gold. This is gonna get me two. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean, it was you know whatever. It was like one or two that I saw that way. Otherwise, all the cardboard I liked. I thought, like you said, the character sheet is nice and thick. the The dice sit in there really well. Like I said, they're not tight, so you're not like trying to manipulate, you know, trying to pull one out. If you're doing any of the manipulation and stuff there, it's, it's easy to do all the card, all the uh, cards, like you said, is serviceable. There's not, there's not a ton of shuffling. So I think as they, they sit, you know, you shuffle a bit at the very beginning of the game and stuff like that. But there's a bunch of the cards that you're not, you're not picking up and and doing a lot with you know your backstory and, and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, you're moving a token around on your alignment, but you're not like picking that card up and down and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's not a card intensive game. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think because of that, this is all it, it, the co- the quality of the components that came with it are very good. So I, I I agree with you there. 
All right. So mechanics. I don't. I mean, so we've got some. We got some some dice manipulation. We've got. What do we? What do we? It's it's not really bidding, but it's not. Well, there the primary mechanic is ro- dice rolling and manipulation. There is just a smidge of bidding, but that's related to where whether you're going for the high stat or the early. Yeah, buy. that that's kind of what I'm trying to get at. Is it, but it's not really bidding. It's not but bidding. It's, it's more of place place cho- voluntary place choosing. Yeah, there you go. That works. <laughs> New new term PM Geeks, <laughs> 2017, but primarily it's it's a, a die rolling game and die manipulation, yeah. and I think it 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 does that well. We talked about it afterwards, the three of us, and I kind of agree with Nate, where that first roll really sets the tone for your character, and that's. That's kind of the biggest swingy moment. And you know me, I don't mind a bit of random, but if you just roll seven crap dice, you're not going to do well. And mm. well, I mean, because if you have seven ones and twos, <laughs> <laughs> there's just not enough manipulation and bonus to, to bump that up, you know, but that, that's neither here nor there. That's, that's the outlier that, that shouldn't happen on a regular basis. But mechanically, it works well. You roll your dice to start, and you place those in. Everybody can work together because there's no, at this point, there's no competition. So everybody's doing their own thing. And then after that, it's a very simple process of rinse and repeat. Draw X number of dice, roll those dice, place those dice. Everybody takes a die. Everybody takes a buy. Clean up, rinse, repeat. Mm -hmm. So mechanically, it's very sound. In any other than initial setup, there's not a lot going on in any given phase. And initial setup, once you get used to it, and once you know how many players are going to be there, that also goes very quickly because it's just how many players, X dice, okay, deal out rolls or deal two, choose one, whatever, however, however you're going to do that. There's not a lot of, until you get to placing your dice, there's not a lot of decision making mm-hmm. if you just deal everything out. So, you know, other than your race. So mechanically it's sound because there's in each individual phase, there's not a lot to worry about. Yeah. I, um, I'm not sure how much, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying about what you and Nate are saying about the, the startup that, that does set the tone for your game. Yeah. Not the whole game, your your character. Right. So yeah, it's, it sets the, it definitely sets the tone for, for your game, but there's aspects of that. I, I kind of like. You know, it, it, it is a decision making factor up front about how, where are you going to, not only where are you going to put your dice. So some of that may depend on your backstory. Cause usually like there's at least one die color per row, mm. at least one. Obviously some of them have multiple cause there's up to six and there's only, you know, those three columns or whatever. Yep. Yeah. I should say columns. It wasn't row, but col- there's at least one in each column. So some of that might be that depending on what you want to do. But the other thing you got to kind of think about is, you know, not only the numbers you pulled and where they should go and what you're trying to target, but how many, but you also have to think about how many actions are you going to leave yourself for the rest of the game and certain things and, and that kind of thing. So I, I somewhat enjoy that. I'm not sure how I, 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 I might, I partially think we, we have to, Use too many dice, though. I think up front, I I don't know. I think ideally, I would like six. You know, one for each stat, regardless of the number of players. Mm-hmm. Then again, fill it out how you like. And the other thing to keep in mind, we all had relatively short range, especially in my case. All my stats were within a range of two. But a lot of the other characters we were losing, we were using, had dump stats. You know, Mm -hmm. you you only had to get to 12. So you could spend high dice, you know, maybe just one per column. So that first roll is not necessarily as dire as I made it sound, (laughs) but somebody is going to get kicked in the junk with that at some point. Right. And hopefully I'll be in the room and it won't be me. There, there is another, there's another version or variation that you, they play. I think, 
I remember right. And that and that one might be doesn't matter how many players it is. I believe it's you get one of each type of die and roll that. Yeah, each color. And then roll that and that's your start. And I think that's what, seven? There's seven dice in there. Yeah. So that that I I do remember uh, reading about that. So overall, you know, no we kind mechanics. Of, yeah, we talked about the mecha- <laughs> you know, I know. Overall for mechanics for a role player. I I enjoyed the mechanics and I it, there's also that puzzly aspect that we didn't yep. really talk about as yep. well where it's the the dice manipulation and trying to get it, it's it's almost it's almost like Sudoku <laughs> A little bit. A little I mean, bit. It, yeah, it's just like, okay, I got to get, you know, you get your backstory that says you got to have a blue die here, but it needs to be a six or greater right now because of what my class says. And if I don't get that, I'm going to lose three points and <laughs> that, all of that stuff. So there's that puzzling factor of where to put your die. So there's like, there's all this stuff that happens really quick. And then there's then then there's your die. Yes. <laughs> so everybody everybody gets their 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 dice relatively quick. Every once in a while, there's a decision to be made. Do, you know, again, how badly do I want to go to the market phase first and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff? But then once everybody's got their die, it's like, okay, if I do this and this and that and carry the two. <laughs> This game might benefit, and and I'm not saying it's a bad game, but it might benefit. But would be a good house rule to do with like a two minute egg timer or something. <laughs> Stop thinking, just place it. But I enjoyed all of those aspects of mechanically. I, I did enjoy this game very much. All right, so rules for role player. I'll, I'll go first on this one since I actually went through the rule book. I thought the rules were really good, pretty solid. There were a couple things, even while we were playing, I had a couple questions on. I looked it up real quick. It was there. Uh, I could find it relatively easy. And then once you actually have gone through the rules, I think I went through the rules two or three times, but then they have the quick reference on the back. And you can pretty much, if you've read through the rules and you, you feel you've understood the rules, you know, read through them a couple times, you pretty much don't have to open up the book much. You can play, you can go through setup all the way through what you do each turn Every, and everybody gets a reference card on what you do every, every turn, so everybody gets to see that as well. But just going off of the back of the rule book, you can pretty much get the game up and running if you've looked at the rules ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Overall, what did you think about the rules? Pretty good. You mentioned the reference card. I would have preferred if the reference card also had the stat powers on them. Mm. Because uh, I think those are only that's they're in the middle of the book. It's easily found because it's a whole page, I think. All right. So it's easy to find if you need to look at something. Yeah, and then once you get used to them, though, you, I mean, you can read the icons pretty. Yeah. Pretty because the yeah. icons are on your character sheet. But you're right; it doesn't like just looking at a couple of them. You you don't know what it means. Yeah. Once you get used to the game, as you say, that's repetition. <laughs> you'll you'll learn it. But as you know, to teach. I think it would have been nice if all the players had that too. Right. But the rules themselves definitely get you out of the box and get you playing with no, uh, no, the only gotcha we had was they leave it undefined what to do if you have two hands worth of weapons already and you want to buy a two handed weapon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, the rule book just basically says you can only ever have two hands worth of weapons. But the specific question for us that came up was, the specific question that came up for us was, you know, can you swap out weapons after you've already, you know, I, I have a, I already have two hands worth of weapons, but now I want this crossbow. Can I swap that out? And it doesn't specifically say you can or you can't, but we just basically went by, you know, you're, you're building your character. You're, you're upgrading your character. You've gone back to the, the blacksmith and, or the shop and you, and you've already spent the money on the stuff that you're discarding. Mm-hmm. So really, you're just spending your gold how you want to, and if that's how you want to spend your gold, go for it. So we 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 did. You you can swap. Hopefully, that's right. It seems like it should be. It should be. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> and again, like I said, you're you're spending more gold that way, right? Instead of like grabbing an extra trait that you can always have, or an, an extra piece of armor, or, or whatever else. So it made sense to us to do it that way. Teachability of a role player. What did you think of the teachability of this one? I think you did a good job. You said you'd read the book a couple oh, of times. Before. We're not grading me. <laughs> <laughs> but the good job comes from a good rule set. 
again, the highest complexity in the setup is in setup, and that is not particularly complex. So it's a very teachable game from start to finish. Gives you a little flow chart of everything you need to do on the back to get going. Everything is rinse and repeat. So once mm-hmm. you teach somebody setup and then teach somebody one round, mm-hmm. it's the same thing forever. Yep. So I think I, teachability is good. I, I agree. And with- you did do a good job, Jeff. <laughs> don't thank don't you, throw yourself short. Thank you. I needed that today. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I agree with you. I think the teachability on this one was really good. Like I said earlier when we were talking about the rules, I mean, going through it and having, you know, I always like when they have this this back page. Mm-hmm. You use the back page for your your quick reference. Um, I like that. And and in this case, it was it really was like I've gone I've gone through the rules. I pretty much just went off of this back page for everything that we needed to do, and was able to. Oh yeah, okay. So that this means that this means that. And like you said, it's it is rinse and repeat. So the the actual play sequence is pretty easy to go by. It's pretty repetitious. So, rep- so you kind of get used to repetitive. That's the word I wanted. Um, so you get you get used to that, right? <laughs> yes, I know. And and so there there's not a lot to figure out there. Again, your biggest things are like you said, you don't have what the icons mean for each attribute ac- attribute action in front of you. But once you learn those, those are easy to do as well. And you only get like at most three of each. Well, no, that's not true. You can't, cause I, I manipulated dice to, with some of my tra- our skills to the point. Assuming where I no other skills <laughs> right. or abilities, you <laughs> um, three chances. But once and once you start getting used to that, once you get, start getting used to the icons that they use, like, you know, this is a, this is a case where, they didn't overuse icons and confuse us. Yes. The icons that were used were used consistently, made sense, and they did use words where they needed to use words instead of trying to find a new icon for. <laughs> so every time you saw like the little the little like, you know, cassette recorder play and reverse and forth, the arrows, yeah. you knew what that meant. Every time you saw that little mini arrow, that was an alignment move. Mm-hmm. And the direction the arrow was pointing was how you had to move, you know, things like that. You got used to the attribute action icons because, you know, each one had its own. Once you st- used it once or twice, you knew what it meant. So all of that stuff helps make this teachable. So there, there are a lot of potentially moving parts, but I don't think even for a more casual player, a casual player that likes fantasy role play, we got to put that out there because I, you know, a, a typical casual player is not going to really go, you want me to do what you want me to roll up a character in terms of that? <laughs> I don't think it needs to be specifically fantasy as long no. as somebody likes. No, it does. It doesn't. But I'm reason. saying if you're, if you're pulling this game out right, and you're like, it's kind of like, Lords of Waterdeep, right? As long as you tell nobody that is about that has a D and D theme, yeah. you can make people, you can get people to play that one. This is this is one of those who's like, do you want to roll up a character? What? No, get away from me. <laughs> but what, I'm not going to tell you what the game is. You just get two of your friends to come sit down at my table. But it is a very teachable game, I think, and and the, even with the various moving components it kind of has, it has that easy repetition to get used to all of it very quickly. All right, so replayability. What do you think of the replayability on this one? As it sits right now, there's an expansion eventually coming out, but we don't know. I'll, I'll know what that entails. Yeah. I looked at the expansion. Did you? It, yeah, yeah. I don't know that it's going <laughs> to add a whole lot of content. Don't don't rain on my parade. Oh, golden <laughs> shower. Uh, replayability. The potential is high because there's just a bag load of dice, more character <laughs> boards than max players, I believe, right? Yeah. Or I should say more race boards and a whole bunch of class cards and the class cards are double-sided and a whole bunch of backgrounds and a whole bunch of alignments. So there's a lot of mix and match that's going to mm-hmm. increase your replayability because you're not always going to go – every class has a different – stat range that you need to get and where your points are. So just just on basic randomness, you could probably play this game 20 times and not see the same combination of stuff. So there's a lot of replayability that way. It is generally an enjoyable game. I wouldn't <laughs> mind seeing this at the table again. It is okay. 
my problem is, so that's general. General replayability, I think, is pretty good. Now, if you're like me, listeners, <laughs> I'm going to say replayability is a little low. I don't always need confrontation, but I do like that's I pondered this overnight as we were talking, you know, like we were talking yesterday. I couldn't quite put my finger on why I wasn't keen on this game. And it's kind of three people. And this is true to character creation. Nobody ever goes to the character creation session and then punches somebody. (laughs) Or at least you shouldn't be. (laughs) Save that for the first actual (laughs) RP session. Um, there's, it's three people. I have, some, I have some people I need to introduce you to. <laughs> I know Bob. <laughs> it's kind of three people playing solo games, solitaire games with just the smallest hint of interaction at the marketplace and choosing your, choosing your init for the marketplace, I should say, and then rolling dice. And even that, it's each player rolling the dice for everybody at the table. So, took me a while to figure that out because end to end i didn't think it was a bad game but i just didn't i couldn't figure it out what i was lowering the the enjoyment level for me and that's it there's there's not enough not confrontation but there's not enough player interaction so for me personally that lowers the replayability but just as a concept the game works well enough that I think replayability in the right group, people whose favorite part of the RPG world is character creation, much higher. Yeah. I, I, I understand. I, I agree with you on the interaction side of things. There were, there were very few, there were a limited number of cards that allowed for a little bit of interaction. You had like both of them. Yes. You, you had the one where you could manipulate the dice mm-hmm. um, before, you know, uh, anybody else got to choose or whatever. And then you had the one where you got paid if somebody decided to discard. Yeah. Um, so those were the two big ones. Beyond that, there was again, the, the marketplace and, and that really didn't come into play until the very end. Um, bastard. <laughs> I know, but I knew you wanted it. Um, and I couldn't afford anything, so I had to discard something. So, yeah, I mean, little things like I, well, you I could have discarded Nate's chain mail. Uh, well, that wouldn't have screwed you. So, you know, I, I did make I did make a conscious decision to discard a card that I knew Jordan wanted at the end of the game right before scoring. And even though I screamed just a little part of me, I felt proud for his choice. <laughs> So, but, but there is very little interaction. Like you said, there is very little that I can do to mess with you or to make it harder for you because, you know, the, the skills you gathered typically only affect you again, other than you had the dice manipulation and your actions only affect you. So it's, it's manipulating your dice to get the best result for your character I'm not sure if I'm as far over as you are as as, as needing as mo- a lot more of that because I did enjoy this, um, and I know you did too to a point. But the, like you said, there was just that you kind of I believe said you had pretty much the full plateau mm-hmm. almost all the way to the very end, where Nate was talking about he had some highs and lows on some things that he really liked and really didn't like, and I had more of a I I kind of enjoyed it all the way through, and. Well, I, I understood and I agree with some of the points you guys had. It just didn't bother me as much. And I enjoyed just the aspect of one. I just enjoyed the aspect of we were sitting around playing a damn board game about building a character. You know, again, it's like you truly can make a game about anything if you really put your mind to it. So I just thought it was interesting and I, and I liked the idea of the dice manipulation and trying to get the best character out of it you could, you know, and we've all played with the min maxers. Well, I, I'm assuming you're not yes. a min-maxer, but I, I don't know if you are. What I need but, to be. Uh, but we've all played with the min-maxers and like, I have to have the best character ever. The DM's not – I totally rolled an 18 five times in a row. I don't know why, what you're talking about. <laughs> I What are you talking about? I have I have right here. I have a 16 right here. That's, that's a low stat. <laughs> Charisma dump stat. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed the replayability. Um, real quick – uh, Nate says, nice, interesting decisions, some tight interlocking mechanics, but he, in the end, it's like having to put your Legos away right after you got everything built. 
Yeah, so that was one of the things Nate did mention. He's he by the time we got to the end of it, you you know, you kind of built your character and that's what this was about. Building your character before the RPG session. Nate was saying now he just he would really like to see what that character could do. He enjoyed building the character and the different aspects of it, the backstory and all that stuff, but now he'd like to fight some monsters or something. <laughs> that was one of the things I remember Nate saying the other night. All right, you know, uh, one thing I thought about potentially adding here into the replayability section is how many times in a row could you tolerate playing not only this game but any game when we when we do this? So how many times in a row do you think you would play this game? Like if somebody said, okay, let's set it up again, would you be all right with that? Or I think two would have been my limit if Nate had said, <laughs> let's go right away. Yesterday, now that I understand what was lacking just for me personally, I might do it again now that I understand the fullness of the game and what is not there that I want. Uh, Nate says he's done after three. I'm with I'm with Nate. This is a three for me. And, of course, that would have to be, like, on a weekend game. Because <laughs> it is a fairly lengthy game. You know, it's what, we played for, like, two hours? Yeah, roughly. we started a little after seven and finished a little before nine. Yeah. Yeah. Hour and a half, hour and three quarters. So, I mean, that's not, I mean, that's not horrible. That, and that was first time through. Yeah. for, for Yeah. Everybody kind of asking questions and, and learning and stuff. Theme for role player. What did you think of the theme for role player? You know, I'm going to actually give this one pretty high. This is kind of straight out of the OGL. This is this is D and D. This is Pathfinder. You know, it's it's clearly you know 46 drop below kind of a thing. It's <laughs> yeah. and everything there is the traditional fantasy archetypes. That I could have been the Elven Ranger, except one stat I. <laughs> Felt I wasn't actually going to get to 18. Well, that's just to step back to replayability. One thing that does help is going through, Nate and I both made choices on what classes we we're going to play because of the penalties our stats had, our mm-hmm. racial stat penalties. Jeez, we're playing D&D here. <laughs> <laughs> and neither one of us could get that the, the required stat to 18 because we both had a minus two. Now, as we played, we discovered some gear and stuff that allowed you to increase that uh, Mm -hmm. after all the dice were set. So some of that is doable. But anyway, where were we? Theme. Theme. (laughs) The theme's pretty high. Everything here does scream uh, D&D or Pathfinder character creation. There's just a whack of D6s. You're not (laughs) rolling them like individually as a group, you know, 46 drop the lowest or 3D6 or anything like that. But you're getting them out there. You're building your character. Everything goes up to 18 before your racial penalties, before your your gear bonuses. It's 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 <laughs> D and D character creation, and it's done well. I would what I would like to do is get a group of players together for just a one shot. Well, I guess a two shot, but. <laughs> The first shot being playing that game to generate your character. <laughs> that's your character. And That'd that's your awesome. character to take into the game. That'd be awesome. So theme way high. Yeah, I agree. The theme is great in this one for me. I, I think they did a good job for what they were trying to make. And that's the, the character creation se- session. And to me, it's like what you got is your GM came up with. I've got a great I this is my character creation system guys. We're not forget the book. Here's what's going to happen. And he gives you this this you know and I want the game's not convoluted, but he gives you this convoluted system that you got to try to follow to make your character, right? Okay, first like, everybody's going to get seven dice. Yes. And then after that, everybody's going to get one dice around until we have all our stats figured out. Now, if you put one in the strength, you get to flip another die, you know? And it's it's awesome. You are not it. required to buy any gear or skills or spells or anything, but 
this is going to be your starting gears and spells. Yeah. And then if you get, you know, if you just go by the normal passing out of your backstory analysis, I was like, guys, this is what we really need. This is what, this is what we're short of. Right. And of course I was playing the, the dwarf that was trying to pretend he wasn't a bard. Yes. But he was what? A, I mean, I'm not a bard, but I can uh, cast spells. I can cast spells. I've got good range. I can heal. <laughs> I can, I got a little sleight of hand going on. <laughs> So yeah, I, I the theme was was great in this one. I think it definitely hit the mark. And this is definitely, I don't know. I mean, you know, this, I I would have a hard time saying on this game. Well, this could be anything. Well, it could be any character creation system. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. It really can't. It I know. really is designed. I know strictly uh, for the D twenty. Well, it's not the D. Well, it is a D twenty game, but you know, <laughs> even it's all D sixes. You're not gonna this this. That can't pretend to be Shadowrun beyond the giant sack of D6s. It can't pretend to be Numenera or Savage Worlds or anything like that. This is strictly <coughs> D&D Pathfinder. All right. So our fun factor slash overall for role player. What do you got, sir? What are your final thoughts on role player? You know, like I said, it's an okay game. Once I sussed out what I didn't quite like about it, uh, it didn't change my my feelings. That it, I didn't suddenly feel it was a bad game. It's just a good game that is lacking something for me personally that prevents it from being a very good or a great game. I think for the people who are hardcore into character creation, who who like to go over every stat, the min-maxers probably, <laughs> who are going to do that even though a lot of it is general. There's there's not a lot of – there are some of the min-maxing characters, but there's just as many general characters in there. I think it's it's more fun for them and for the people who just like to throw around a lot of dice. For me personally, enjoyable, but not something I want to own. And as we discussed, two, two in a row. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I enjoyed it a little bit more. This is something that I'm I'm happy that I own. I would play it more. Like I said, I'm, I could go three in a night and probably be fine. Braggart. <laughs> I love the theme. I, I love I love the whole concept of the game. There are some minor pitfalls here and there, like you've pointed out, like Nate's pointed out. They just didn't hit me as hard for my overall appeal of the game and, and the fun that I had playing the game. And I really did, like when we got done, I was, if it wouldn't have been kind of late and, and crappy weather and everything else, I would have loved to have played again because of all the things we kind of discovered as we were playing and and how the character ended up. And, you know, there were a lot of moments where like, Oh, no, I could have done this or, you know, that kind of stuff. And I, and I enjoy that. I, I enjoyed the kind of puzzly aspect of, there was a lot of frustration, <laughs> not, not bad frustration, but just when you, you take the die and you think, you know what you need to do and then you revisit it and it's like, <laughs> Oh, I know I did this wrong. And that's good. Cause if you're going to place a solo game, which I mean, it's not, but kind of is, but it's kind of <laughs> not. You you need something to keep you engaged, and even if you make your own mistakes, there's enough mitigation, potential mitigation, to let you try to overcome those. So even if you screw up really badly on die number two, <laughs> you got a chance to recover. Yeah, to to me, it's a it's a game that really makes you work for every point that you get. Yep, and I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, so there is our review of Role Player from Thunderworks Games. You can go check it out for yourself. This was a a wildly successful Kickstarter, and it sold out in retail. This is actually they just recently got the second printing in, so it is available at least for right now. <laughs> and there is an expansion coming soon. <laughs> What we're watching, sponsored by Michael Mendez. Thank you, Michael, for sponsoring us over on Patreon and allowing me to veg out in front of my tablet. <laughs> All right. You, me, I'll how do you want to do it? I'll go go for it. The CWTV, we're a little bit behind, but we are still going through that. I think we're actually only partway through last week. Haven't watched Thursday shows this week i'm so i don't even remember where we are like Me megan usually picks one and then we get caught up on that one and then move on to the next one i don't remember where the i try to are. i try to do them in broadcast order just in case there's 
some yeah. crossover <laughs> plot point. The Expanse continuing to enjoy the best show on TV, Jeff. Mm. Um, mm. Mm. <laughs> compared to something you're about to mention. <laughs> compared to something you're about to mention. Well, that's probably true. <laughs> uh, and then over the weekend, we saw a couple movies, Batman, Lego, and Logan. Logan. And as I mentioned on Twitter, cried a little bit. Did you? Got me right here. Nice. Nice. All right. A, he's Canadian. <laughs> B, I grew up reading them. Yeah, so did I. Yeah, uh, you're a heartless bastard. I'm not heartless. <laughs> Actually, we, we saw Logan as well. Um, so we thoroughly enjoyed it. Thought it was a great movie. Uh, all right. So uh, Supernatural, still going through that. I'm about halfway through season three now. Dean, <clears throat> Sammy. I was just going to do that. <laughs> like, So for anybody behind here, I'll catch you up real quick. Sam, 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 Dean, Dean. And this one might be spoiler. Sammy. (laughs) There, you're caught up now. (laughs) Uh, Powerless. I watched episode four of that. I still do not recommend that show, Steph. (laughs) So bad. So bad. But what do you expect for just a 30-minute show with a set budget, Jeff? I expect it to be good. I expect there to be actual comedy. I I'd expect like to laugh like I, once. I haven't seen it because I had no desire to see it. So <laughs> I have no horse in this race. Just even a chuckle. Give me, a, you know, hey, I might let you pass if you make me chuckle once. But no. That's what you no. said. <laughs> of course, The Walking Dead is still on. Still I like this last week. Even though the special needs kids showed up at the end. (laughs) Yeah. I liked it. It was a nice change. Guns. More. Not enough. Shut up. I like Shut your mouth. I like handling over the wire cat. Yeah, the wire cat. (laughs) And I keep the cat. (laughs) Say yes. Say yes. (laughs) Yes. So we we went and saw Logan, and then we bought Doctor Strange. And came home and watched Doctor Strange. So we finally got to see Doctor Strange. Two visually very different movies. <laughs> very much so. Johnny Cash video, acid trip. <laughs> but both enjoyable. Yes. I, I enjoyed both of them. It was, and it was a, a good, good nerdy Saturday. And then I had to go pick up my pager for being on call this week. It depresses me to no end. <laughs> That at one point I used to be able to say, at least the DC movies are better than Fox. <laughs> I can't say that anymore. <laughs> the last two, three X Men really, I mean, Apocalypse was not great, but no. it was still better than anything DC has put out. And, and even, even Fox could get the, the whole dark and gritty and brooding movie yeah. better than the DC <laughs> DC tries to do that cuz they did all that but it was still bright daylight yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so that's all i had for watching yeah so what we're reading slash listening to sponsored by graynome games thank you graynome for sponsoring us over on patreon I was going to read some stuff, and then I got booked for some stuff, so I added some podcasts to my list instead. I am listening to uh, the Gaming Careers podcast, which is part of the uh, uh, United Geeks Network, but still... Whose network is that? <laughs> United Geeks Network. Okay. Yeah. But I've been listening to that from the beginning. That's why I originally invited Steve on to the network, because... He does good stuff. I like he's he talks to a lot of good people. I'm a little behind on it, but I did get to I forgot what the last one was. It was about contests. I think it was the Zinzels. Uh Cardboard Edison. The the couple behind Cardboard Edison, they were on and they were talking about different game design contests and stuff. Let's see. The Board Game Business Podcast, which used to be called the Forbidden Forbidden Limb Podcast. Listen to those guys. I enjoy uh that. They again cover different business aspects of the board game business, the board game industry. And I listen to legal moves, which is 
a podcast about gaming and it's it's tabletop and video game kind of stuff but the the legal aspect of everything so uh, Zachary has different guests on from various parts of the gaming industry again tabletop and video and then talks to them not only about what they're doing in their careers but then gets into kind of some legal questions that might have come up or or the legal side of something that they have going on and, and talks about it. And he is a lawyer. So that's kind of his, his specialty. So those are the three that I've listened to recently. I finished reading the Jakarta pandemic uh, book. One half of the Perseid. I forget. Cause it was just horrible. You know what? <laughs> it wasn't horrible, but it was just, man. If you're a disaster prepper, this is the book for you because there's some good basic knowledge on how to survive after insert apocalypse here. <laughs> Especially if you happen to be a rich white guy when the only person in the neighborhood with a lot of guns, which is apparently the key. Cycle your food, have more guns than anybody else. I mean, there's the, the, the kernel of the story is a pandemic in Jakarta. With a undefined initially gestation period, not gestation period, contagious period. So it gets all over the world as things do now, thanks to international <laughs> flight. And of course, this takes place all in somewhere in New England. And he slowly watches the pseudo collapse of society because it's not really collapsing, but everybody takes a sick day for three months. Uh, a lot of people die, but because society kind of shuts down and goes indoors, of course, utilities go out, internet goes out, there's no food, blah, 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 blah. So that's where all the prepper stuff kind of starts. And, you know, if that's your bag, go for it. But I'm going into the apocalypse with the assumption that I will be dead shortly thereafter. <laughs> I I do not have a high survivability quotient. We talk about min-maxing. I, I kind of mind everything. <laughs> By 45, I'm not keen on cardio. I I don't have the upper torso strength for a good, solid, you know, Barry Bonds baseball bat survivability plan anymore. And my eyesight is just too shitty for, for gunshots at long range. <laughs> so, so that's not necessarily my bag. But if that's your bag, there's an interesting some interesting nuggets in here. And it's kind of sadly predictable. I've told, I've said often that I don't mind knowing how the story is going to end if the story is told well. Well, when it's advertised as book one half of a three book series, four book series, you kind of know nobody's going to die. <laughs> and they don't overcome that by telling a good story. Since my D&D group was playing Ravenloft for a while, I got a little bit nostalgic. So I'm listening to the Istrad audiobook. Uh, I got to tell you, that's holding up a little bit better than some of the other D&D writing that I've tried from around the same time, late 80s, early 90s, whenever that was. But then again, Ravenloft was always my favorite um, setting. That's the word I'm looking for, setting. On the podcast side, some stuff, I probably have mentioned it all before. Campaign, which is a Star Wars uh, live play RPG podcast. Cthulhu and Friends, which is Call of Cthulhu, Life Play RPG session. There's a new one out, or new to minis, anyways, called, oh, give me the bigger picture. Oh, that's not a bigger picture. The Orpheus Protocol, which is, by the sounds of it, a game that's still in development, or at least uh, final development, because they're playing it. The dude has all the flesh out rules, but I think it's the designer that's running it. I have investigated it enough to know if it's going to Kickstarter or anything like that, or if he's going to publish it traditionally but it's an interesting rule set and they're telling an interesting story and yeah i believe that's it on because uh cthulhu oh and hello from the magic tavern those two i was well backlogged on because i'd been doing all sorts of other stuff so i've been catching up on stuff and that's really all i've been listening to what we're playing Sponsored by Anime Don. Woohoo! Yes. So thank you for sponsoring us over on Patreon, Don. And of course, we uh, at some point we will have 
Anime Don back in the studio here. Hopefully uh, before the first weekend in June. Yeah, yeah, before his uh, his Game deal. Back. Otherwise, we just bring everything there. There you go. Record it. Record there. All right. Um, what we're playing? Who needs extra life when you have Don's anime? Uh, Don's <laughs> yeah, no games weekend. <clears throat> we could, yeah, we could totally marathon that. All right, what we're playing? I've got a few things on my list here, uh, mostly because Megan had a birthday weekend here not too long ago, so she invited some people over. Ooh, happy birthday, Megan! <laughs> she decided all on her own to have a game night after all of her other plans fell through <laughs> <laughs> because of weather. Uh, so we played some Cards Against Humanity, diamonds. We got to pull out diamonds. We played through like a round of it before everybody showed up. And then we put it away and played Cards Against Humanity. Played a bunch of code names. That one went over really well. Uh, it's a and, solid game. I like it. Yeah. Have you got pictures yet? We have it, but we haven't played it. Well, let's get that to the table at some point. Okay. Megan and I, I not too long ago, we played Overcooked, uh, right? Again, that video game I, oh, I, video I mentioned game. before. Okay. I was going to say, that sounds familiar, but... <laughs> yeah. No, it's on the Xbox One. Played it for a while until I got frustrated and said, okay, I'm done. It's time time to put it away. Uh, but we did get through a couple levels that we had had problems with before. We haven't played in a while. In fact, in fact, we turned it on and Megan's like, I kind of want to go back to the beginning to remember what the heck I'm supposed to be doing. But that it, it's a fun time, but it's just such a frustrating game. when you There's a couple levels on there that are just like throw your controller frustrating. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, I got to stop right now. This enough. <laughs> well, we're, we're at that part, point in our Skull and Shackles Pathfinder ACG <laughs> campaign. We've played it at four players, five and six, and there's we just it's at the point where Mike and I were kind of talking. Do we just want to cheat and run this at two players just by ourselves and say we're done <laughs> <laughs> so we can move on? Overcooked is one of those games though. It's like I can play up to four players locally co-op. So I don't know if that's part of it, but you'd think they'd kind of scale it for the number of players or whatever. But it's it's kind of puzzly, and that's fine. But and Megan and I can usually figure out a decent strategy. You know, we'll try a couple different things. Okay, we got a little bit better now. Let's do this. Let's do this. But there are just a couple levels that were like, what the hell can we possibly do different? You know, and it's and it's one of those things too. Is like there's a couple levels where we do really bad, but you already know. Megan's competitiveness mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> and I'm right there with her on, on these things. It's nice to, you know, it's, it's one of those one star, two star, three star kind of things. So it's like, we want three stars and, and some of them were like, Oh my God. Okay. We, we did pretty good on that one. And it comes back. It's like, that was one star. It's like, fuck, screw you game. <laughs> no, that was at least two stars worth of effort. <laughs> <laughs> so it gets, you know, it gets kind of frustrating. So when you're always either doing exactly the same score or when you come in lower and you're like, okay, well, we changed. This seems like it should be the optimal way for the two players to play this. It just gets frustrating. So there's a couple levels that have really kind of irked me and us and we're out of, you know, it's one of those, let's go away for a while, come back. Oh, and and there and we've done that too. Gone away, come back. It's like, oh no, no, we we still don't know still, how to do this. Still don't know how to do it. No, nope. nope. fresh eyes didn't help. No. Nope. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's what I've been playing. Where's the where's the prima guide to this level? There's <laughs> <laughs> a cheat code. That's right. Uh, well, as I mentioned, uh, Pathfinder ACG Clone Shackles. I would like to say that we're almost done, but apparently we're just going to stop playing the game because of this level, because of this particular... <laughs> no, we're not going to stop playing the game, but it's kicked us uh, in the balls. We failed at it five times. Once ridiculously fast. So, you know, it's got the 30-card blessing deck, mm-hmm. and the villain says, whether you defeat him or not, for this particular scenario... At the end of the, the, at the end of that encounter, you take away D4, I think it is, mm. ticks from the deck. Beat him or not, you're still losing ticks. And we drew him, Pete and I found him back to back. And then Pete had something else such that between the two of us, we lost 14 ticks. In two players, I was like, "You guys need to like load up on holy candles or whatever." Well, that's that's <laughs> the that's the double kick in the shorts here because for this scenario, 
<clears throat> all allies are replaced with monsters. Mm. And there's three blessings. And you need one of the locations is either closed by having the blessing of Nordberg or two other blessings. So you can't even burn through somewhere else because you have to save your blessings for this other location. It's the first two or three times it was challenging. The fourth time I was like, what do we got to do? Uh, the fifth time I'm like, you, Selmaker, I hate your game, and I want my money back for Apocrypha. I don't, but, you know. I know, but that's what I'm saying. You guys need to, like, somehow load up on holy candles. Isn't isn't the holy candle the one where you banish it and you take, like, 1d4 from the discard back into the deck? Yeah, but that's not in this <laughs> I know. edition. So. Timeline. Just cross the sea. That's right. Pick up some holy candles. <laughs> come back. Timeline, both the traditional and the music and cinema. Las Vegas, played a couple games of Las Vegas, still like that. like to get that out every now and then. And then a little bit more Star Trek timelines, and as always, Call of Duty. The first big expansion DLC finally came to the Xbox. For whatever reason, they decided to make it exclusive on the PS4 for a month. So I got to be heckled by a couple of my PS4 friends. There's a reason I don't play on your system, buddy. (laughs) You're it. No. (laughs) Uh, but it's good. Couple new weapons, four new maps, and uh, so the game is getting a little bit stale having the same map rotation. So it's always good when they rotate, change that rotation up a little bit. So yeah, that's what I've been playing. All right. Well, there you go. That will be episode seventy-six. Well, but with that, I'm Jeff King, and I'm the Canadian. Thanks for listening. Thank you for checking out United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find Zero Budget Geek, a YouTube channel covering board games, video games, and other geek stuff. You'll find Let's Play and How to Play videos of different board games and video games, as well as reviews. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com. That's where we unleash the bomb. Jeff and Jordan.